listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today is a special love episode where we are typing two special movies, Encanto and The Notebook, through the lens of marriage and family, and of course, Enneagram typing. I am joined in this special episode by my daughter, Hannah. She is, at the time of recording, 16 and a half, and we are really excited that she has prepped by reading The Notebook, which I got her for Christmas last year. And now we are, of course, having seen the movie, ready to jump into notebook, typing, and family and cultural issues. But because right now Encanto has been this beautiful blessing to the world in terms of just something fun to be there for us after Omicron, this is right now, wherever you're listening, those of us listening live are really just kind of coming out of a crazy January 2022. And it's a really fun time to, just like we've been sharing on the podcast, listen to fun lyrics and and jump into family life lessons and learning. So that's what Hannah and I are going to do today. And what's fun about this episode is that we actually take you to our cafe that we were at and you get to hear the clanking of plates and the little hum of conversations behind us. And we actually had some people engage with us after and during the podcast a little bit because obviously nobody gave us menacing stares. We were uh, trying to make sure that we could blend in and be respectful. And then people actually came to us. So it was really fun. And then also, um, I just, as we're getting started, I just want to say this episode is for singles. It's for couples. It's for anybody and everybody, because uh, that's just one of the messages I want to remember is that although we're sharing this episode and it's romance month and it's right by Valentine's Day, it's important that we understand that uh, we don't overly romanticize our love because um, as we start talking about Encanto, one of the best parts about that movie is that along with a lot of other uh, movies my daughters have been so blessed to grow up with, like say starting with Brave and Onward, there's been a lot of, um, whether they be Pixar or Disney movies that are starting to uh, less romanticize the, the romantic bonds and less eroticize and give uh, kids different pictures of what growing up can look like. And instead of the old lens of when I grow up, I get individualized and my family and I separate and they're terrible and I remember all the trauma they gave me and I'm going to be in therapy about them. Hey, that still may happen. Um, but, <laughs> but there's this sense of we are broken and one generation carries the next. And I think both of these movies, actually, as I really reflected on our conversation, and tying them in a bit together for this episode, I realized they both really do an amazing job of that. Even you see some of the art come back around in the notebook. So I hope you've seen Encanto and Notebook, or if you haven't, that you just enjoy learning about them a little bit with us. We'll get right in, but before we do, if you need any more tips, you can always go to anygramandmarriage.com. I have lots there for you. I also want to help you guys to know that with Encanto, if you haven't seen it yet, it's about a family who is doing their life together and multi-generationally, and Mirabelle is the star of the family in terms of the protagonist of the story, but every single person in the family is their own shining star, and there's even that beautiful song, All of You, that I shared at the Enneagram Marriage Conference this last week, a lyric from it, um, because obviously we're all important. And um, even what's more important in, in our Enneagram typing and tendencies is that we don't overly type somebody and that we don't overly um, 
put somebody into a sorting that sorts them away from us. So that's something to keep in mind. And even in this story, you see a girl who's kind of doing that, like everybody else has a better gift than me. Um, and so we're just going to talk about each character and what they mean to us. And um, of course, if I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's going to be some spoilers here. So suffice it to say, we want to we want to come back around to the place that everybody has a gift. Everyone realizes they do and that you would find multi-generational healing. So fun movies, deep movies, notebook, obviously extremely romantic, but I would argue that the notebook is actually quite realistic in a lot of ways because I grew up in a household where the love, the love story was almost exactly like the notebook and where Noah, later Noah, and Hannah will tell us a little bit more about that whole story arc too in a little while, but the line where Noah, the husband in old age says to his children who are adult, he says like, you know, my place is always going to be with your mother. Um, and he fights for time with her. That just so reminds me of my late parents and the ways that my dad um, took up for my mom. And when she was in a nursing home, there were times when um, she was there while he was still teaching. And so uh, he, she was fairly young when she had to go to the nursing home, like 50, I would say 65. And so he would, you know, still be teaching. And they were in their early 60s when she had to go to the nursing home. And he would pick her up and drop her off every evening and they would have like a date night every evening all night after as soon as he got home from teaching he would just go right to the nursing home check her out and then right before bed and sometimes not till 11 12 or 1 because he was doing that segmented sleeping that everyone's doing now in um in COVID and pandemic who's working from home in a way um but you know as a teacher who is part-time doing nursing home care he was falling asleep in the late evening getting up driving her home and he would get in trouble he was in any room eight so he would get in some trouble from the nursing home who would say this isn't a dorm room you can't be checking her out it's not a hotel um but he was like I'm sorry this is my wife this is what's happening so eventually when he retired he did bring her home full-time and he did say these lines to us so I want to help us to know like every love story is different and there's just nuances with each one and so I'm like yeah I buy into Noah and Allie's love story because you know there's a lot of ups and downs with some marriages and uh, whether you're married or not whether you want that kind of love or you're like no I want a flatline love where we're just simple and straightforward or you're like I want that passionate stormy brooding love of the moors like this then you know whatever floats your boat but it was it was real and it was beautiful and uh, even this week I just wanted to say it was really special I was usually I'm reading things for for work and for you know because I'm passionate about research but I just decided to give myself a little night off and read some fiction and in fact it was not Tolkien it wasn't Jane Austen which are my only two things I usually have time for these days besides the Bible that sounds ridiculous but I mean outside of like other stuff nonfiction um, and so I actually decided I like Charles Dickens. It's not always easy, but this is a book. My parents both love Dickens. I want to step back in. So I opened up A Tale of Two Cities and started to really enjoy it. And all of a sudden I saw these little markings and I was like, huh, you know, there's little circles and they look like messy circles, which reminds me of me and my dad. And I was like, I wonder if this is my dad's book. I see the book and I see my dad's notations in it. And it just meant so much to me to see the words he circled. And then I look in the back of the book and there were several poems he had written and they were beautiful, meaningful. My parents were very, very intelligent, different levels of intelligence. And, and that can be problematic sometimes when there's even too much intelligence, but so much much beautiful just legacy kind of writing that I got to see and show Wes and one of the poems for instance was about this cup that had been just walked on and 
and actually driven on and it was in the parking lot and he was reflecting on this cup that was now in six pieces but was defiant to the rain and of course I'm like oh that's totally probably looking back thinking about my mom and the way she was broken or maybe him and and feeling vulnerable but yet I will rise again and I'm just like oh my gosh and then there was also a beautiful flower pressed with a piece of wax paper in the middle of the book. And I'm just like, Wes, oh my gosh, like what a special gift. And my sister um, contacted me that night and she's like, hey, you know, here's the stressful thing. And I sent her a picture of the poems and the flower. And I'm just like, she gets some special touches from my parents. She's the heart type three. And I'm just like, look, I think this was you know, a special little reminder of our dad and, and you're loved. And, you know, it was just a moment that we shared. And I just wanted to share it with you guys too, that as we talk about romance and the notebook and family and legacy, just be thinking a little bit bigger than yourself, whether you're married or not, think about the people that you love, whether they're family, friends, um, make the deep connections and make it worth it. We certainly love our family glow. My daughter's not in any rush to get married. And she talks about that on this episode. So uh, of course she's not, she's 16 and a half but I was already dating her father at these years so so I I get it why she's making this mention like hey I'm not here yet I'm taking it slow I'm taking my time and I'm just grateful to the media out there in contrast to some of the the songs and things that really are pushing kids the opposite direction or TikTok you know all these things that you got to try to have some some respect for for your kids growing up and needing some space from you as you'll hear me say when you when we talk about this book but uh, you also have to have some things where you're like, okay, these are the big things that I'm, I'm going to help my kids with so that they don't fall into romanticizing too early and then maybe are tempted to leave too early before, especially as a female, they're genetically ready because, yeah. I could go on a whole rampage about that, but females have to have a lot more responsibility. So we have a responsibility to them to help to give them good tools, media, fun. That said, Hannah's at the age where she can now explore and learn and grow. And I don't want to be on the other end of purity culture where I'm like, I'm never going to show you anything because love is bad, like until you're married. I want her to get little peeks in to see what healthy love looks like, healthy, committed, long-term love. So all of that to say, these two movies were fun for us to talk through. I hope you like our coffee shop setting for this episode. It's a very specific type of listener who will probably like that. And some of others of you might say, oh no, I cannot do the background noises. But but being a four and a seven, we were like, we're all about this. This is fun. This is maybe even a first installment of our coffee shop series. So make sure you tell us if you like it. And I just love you. Thank you for sharing this fun time with us. And yeah, let's get to talking. Hi, Hannah and I are here. We are so excited to talk to you guys today. Hey guys, yeah, I'm so excited. I love The Notebook and Encanto or Encanto so much, so I'm really excited about this. Yes, her and I just did the pronunciation, so I've been saying Encanto and I think it's Encanto, so, and we found out Encanto means charm. But either way, we're so excited, and this is our live recording from a cafe, and we're just so like in our four and our seven mode that we wanted to do an episode that was a little bit different, even though we could record at home. Yeah, I know. We were like, let's try something new. Let's just like be spontaneous and go to like a coffee shop. So if you hear background noise, know that this is a very authentic conversation and setting. So 
Yes, and so we are going to start off with Encanto and trying to type some of the main characters with you guys. We know that it is past Frozen's Let It Go as far as the song We Don't Talk About Bruno, and it's become pretty contagious in our house too, maybe too contagious. <laughs> I know, I was honestly so shocked that it's um, become such a popular movie, and especially soundtrack, I'm literally hearing we don't talk about Bruno everywhere I go, like literally everywhere, but I love it, so I can't complain. Are all your theater friends talking about it too, or are they like kind of over it? Yeah, theater and dance, honestly everywhere, and it's probably <laughs> probably going to be another fad like Frozen was, but I think it's always just going to be a fun one because it's such a creative song, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is an incredible writer, so right. all of his music is good. If it's yeah. him, you know it's going to be good. Exactly. We listen to his music. Even my son loves him, so even Wes, and I hope you guys know this whole movie and who he is and check out his music, but we really want to take some time knowing that you guys have your own opinions. We've been seeing them roll all over IG of who these people are and so as you know we're lightly typing characters and looking at articles and having watched the movie and listened to the music these are our best guesses so why don't we start with talking about Dolores I know that she's a side character and she's a fun character if you know Encanto that she um, she has a bit of a, a hiding persona where she's listening in on the side yeah, I think Dolores is a super cool character. My little brother Jack has a crush on her, even though she's a cartoon. He's like, oh, she's sweet and pretty. Yes. But um, she's a really fun character, and I think it's really cool how they twisted in her story so that she was the one who knew Bruno was in the house all <laughs> along because she could hear. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really cool gift, and I imagine sometimes it's, it's like a curse because she's probably like, ah, I'm hearing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. But I think she's really awesome. We decided to go with her typing as a five mm -hmm. um, because she's such an observer mm -hmm. and um, always willing to listen and not always have to be the one to um, give a comment about something. Um, and she was really watching from the sidelines about all this information about Bruno without telling the family. So she was able to do some discovery for herself. Mm -hmm. And I think we also debated a little bit about one with her because of her sensitivity to hearing and sensory. But, you know, ones often are a little bit more direct. And even when she was finding the love of her life, she needed um, Mirabella to help her to find her love. And am I saying her name right? Mirabella or Mirabelle? I think it's Mirabelle, but okay. I, I honestly, yeah. <laughs> yes, the Colombian culture is so beautiful. So either way, though, that's what we gave Dolores. And we love her and Jack loves her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's an Observer 5 with some one threads too. Um, tell us a little bit about Hannah, what you think of Mirabelle. So we had a couple different theories for Mirabelle. We were strongly considering type 4 as she's feeling um, like she needs a place in her family, kind of searching out her own identity. But then we really landed on type 6 for her. Um, as we just talked it out, we realized what a loyalist she is. Yes, I think that it's really important that people realize that like there, there are so many layers and we're all complex and that's why we're trying not to box ourselves in totally to a type sometimes and we love our wings and our arrow work and all that. But let's just both, you know, kind of share a little bit about why we came to the sixth conclusion. Yeah, so again, we um, thought she was really loyal. As soon as she found Bruno, she was not um, shaming him. She like met him where he was at and she just... Um, you know, of course, felt that empathy for him as we found out what 
a like sweet person he was, willing spoiler. to sacrifice. Oh yeah, <laughs> intentional sorry. spoiler, spoiler, obviously. You guys haven't watched the movie, but yeah. you need to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. How he was willing to sacrifice, you know, himself for his love of his family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we landed on six. She's just so loyal, and she's also really, really brave. Um, she was like going and exploring Bruno's like cave tower like place or whatever and I was like ah I would not do that like I'm not that brave but she knew what she wanted and she was determined so Mm, yeah and I think that when she was exploring her gifts it was really um you know there were some four elements of I'm not quite sure who I am and what I'm about but I also see a lot of that in sixes looking for others and I noticed in her song that you know the one I'm playing 24 7 all of me um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all of our commutes. In that song, I just really see the six come out as she's really highlighting everybody else's gifts. And I see a lot of sixes do that. They're so beautifully proud of their families and fiercely, yeah. uh, you are too, Hannah, as a four. But I just see this in the marriage couplings that I work with that they're so proud of their spouses and so fiercely loyal to them. And so just seeing her say, like, I'm not going to focus on the fact that I don't know myself well enough yet. But I do want to highlight these guys. And I know that's our, our sex work is to figure out who we are. Yeah, she's such a fun character. So who else do we have? We have Abuela. And we have her listed as a one, possibly three. Yeah, we really strongly saw one because if you guys have seen the movie, you know that um, Abuela is really concerned about um, her family being the support for the town. She wants them to kind of have that perfect look everybody's doing their job doing it right and so we saw her strongly as a one but we also had some ideas about three yeah absolutely because threes really want to make a beautiful presentation as well glorious and they're willing to sacrifice a lot to make sure that they are just displaying that glorious presentation so I really saw that too and I know there's a big fight going on on IG about which one but we just really ultimately saw the love of somebody with their family and somebody might say oh that's a heart type three somebody else would say no that doing the right thing at any cost was one but either way she almost lost her family by being on the harsh end of either of those types so that was a good word yeah it was and we um loved seeing her cute relationship with her husband. Another oh, spoiler. Yeah, the Before backstory. he died. Um, I really liked seeing Abuela's backstory because it just shows you can't be too critical of her coming, you know, where she's coming from. It's just such a heartbreaking story. So we had fun talking about what her husband's type could have been. Yes, and, you know, as we talk about that, she could have also been an eight. You know, we didn't give eight that much attention, and I think that that's another type to look at with her. But you're right, yeah. her husband's type, we didn't spend too much time on. We, we debated about maybe a six. Um, as far as Isabella, what did you think about, uh, this is Mirabelle's older sister, what did you think about one of her two big sisters, Isabella? Yeah, I thought Isabella was probably um, a one because of how detailed she was. She wanted, you know, uh, to show perfection and beauty. Um, And a lot of that was pressure from Abuela and just feeling like she had all these duties that she had to get right. So I got annoyed with Isabella in the movie because I was like, (laughs) oh, she's such a perfectionist and mean to her sister. But then I saw where she was coming from and I really loved, I do think she had some for in her, how she was able to finally let go and show so much creativity Mm -hmm. and just artistic expression. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, we... 
are pretty solid on the fact that she's probably a one, but um, you guys might have some other opinions about what she could be. Yeah, and she probably has that four arrow going too because ones relate to four and seven. So it's fun to see her relax, to let go a little bit, and big sister vibes over here with you being an older sister too. <laughs> I know, yeah, I could kind of relate sometimes. Yes, Hopefully I bet. I'm not like that, but <laughs> no, but I yeah. get it. That's some of our conversations at home is just how do we react in our not just Enneagram types, but our um, our family birth order. <laughs> Lots of fun conversations. Right. And okay. then um, we have Mirabelle's other older sister, um, Louisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, I think, what did we say she was? We said oh, she was two. two. Yeah. Yes, the two-iest two ever. <laughs> the two-iest two, yes. And some eight, too, because of that strength. Right, but we we really saw too for her because she's such a helpful person. She was always willing to help and be there for the town and her family. She um, had such a, a generous and open heart, and it was beautiful seeing her be vulnerable when she was able to kind of break down and say, okay, I don't have to carry all this pressure on mm-hmm. my back. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, literally on her back, and we hear that all the time from twos, so I feel whenever I listen to her song, I feel so valued. Isn't her song called Surface Pressure? Yes, it is. I love that song <laughs> I mean, I don't so feel much. so valued, but I feel so like... Whenever I listen to her song, Surface Pressure, I think of the twos and getting validated. And I love our nines that we've looked at, too. We have a couple of nines. We have the dad as being a a probable nine, Mirabelle's dad and the girl's dad. He married into the family. He's chill. He doesn't really have to have his special gift. He just loves to be a support. And again, that could be six-ish, but he's just so chill that he feels very nine and like grafted and like, great, I'm good, whatever. But we also have another special nine in this tale. I mean, I don't know if I can say his name because, I mean, we don't talk about Bruno, but like (laughs) we have to talk about Bruno, okay? (laughs) He's literally like the main character. Yeah, we really saw Bruno as a nine. He was so sweet and he was really willing to sacrifice because of his love of his family he was literally willing to go be alone for what was it like years it was Mm. really um sad and I don't think anybody should do that but like he was willing to because he was just so scared that he would um hurt the family and he was really wanting to protect Mirabelle Mm -hmm. so it was so sweet and I love seeing their reunion. Yes, I loved that. And I love that he didn't want those prophecies to be used against her because he realized that, you know, if anyone hurt his person that he loved so much, he couldn't live with himself. And I mean, he also maintained humor and wit, um, which I think is very nine of him that in addition to doing that protection and all that, he was funny and our nines are funny. And yes, we could see the nine in Louisa a little bit too with all that pressure, but I think he's just a classic nine. And I think that just the love he showed was, uh, man, just so inspiring. And then I think those were our main characters. We did have a little bit of a seven in the little cousin who gets his gift. Is that Antonio? Antonio, Yes, we thought that he was so fun and adventurous. Right, he was so cute, and I think he was definitely, like, a thinking type at times. You know, he got, like, a little bit anxious, and which, I mean, all types can have, but he was really in his mind, like, getting um, nervous about what his gift could be, and then I thought it was so sweet how he had this really fun gift, which was his love of animals. So, mm-hmm. that was really cute. Yes, and also the shape-shifting cousin we had labeled as a three, and what was his name? I believe his name was Camillo. Camillo? Yes, yeah, yes. Camillo. 
Um, we, yeah, I mean, he's a shapeshifter, and I know that can be stereotyped as, like, the chameleon type three, but we really did see that for him. He was so witty and driven and um, just hilarious, and there for Mirabelle, so... Yes, and now we're gonna get into our next tale. So first of all, just loved Encanto and hope you go check it out and hope you're singing along with us when you're having a mood or being yes. a mood, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I was gonna, are we bothering you? Cause we can move this. Okay, <laughs> we're like doing this movie review. Okay. 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 Okay, thank you. Just let us know if someone will move. Okay. Okay, so we are good with our neighbors here and we are gonna keep on going. Then yes, we are ready for time. some notebook fun. Okay, so let's talk about who we think uh, the main characters of Notebook are. And I gave a little bit of preview for Encanto before we got on, but with Notebook, Hannah not only watched the movie and we've both seen the movie now several times, but she's also read the book by Nicholas Sparks. So maybe you can tell us just first of all, Hannah, why you love this story and then a little bit about some of the book differences maybe. Yeah, so I am only 16, so I don't, I, I haven't been in a relationship yet. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm a type four. I love hearing about romance and their story is just so beautiful. And I love how it's like kind of heart wrenching, you know, it's like you're on the edge of your seat, like, oh, who's she gonna pick and all that stuff. But it's just such a romantic, the classic like chick flick story. It's so good. But reading the book was also really interesting to see the differences. I really, I personally like the movie more, but I know a lot of you guys are probably like, no, the book's way better. The book was also really good, but I just personally thought that like the book had um, cut out some parts, or I guess shortened some parts that the movie had gotten into a bit more detail, which is so usually, usually opposite. Yeah, usually it's the opposite. But as far as like when they're in young love and stuff, I think that the book went over that a little bit quicker, and some of like the goodbye scenes with Noah and Ali went by a little bit quicker in the in the book than they did in the movie so I personally preferred the movie in um going over their young love and those kinds of scenes and stuff because they went into a bit more detail but the book went into detail in some other events like when they're sitting on the porch together and their inner dialogue and feelings so that was really interesting just different and just bringing in a bit of literature from all of our years together when we used to do lit together do you think this is more of a plot driven story or more of a character driven trope i would have to say um for the movie probably plot but i think the book definitely character um, they're just so in the characters minds in the book mm -hmm. and i think the fact that at least in the book i'm pretty sure it was 14 years they were apart mm -hmm. um they really go into their emotions of how they feel as they are reuniting because that would just i can't even imagine be such a crazy feeling like almost like it's a dream seeing each other again like is this even like possible what do i do like it would just be something that would be very hard to you know connect after so many years yeah that's really hard to picture 14 years especially at your age when you're 16 and even for me i was like wow i don't know if i can buy into the fact that they've been apart that long without necessarily picking life back up because she did say I waited for seven years but maybe the implication in the movie was I waited seven years and then I took the next seven years to find other people yeah I think that that's definitely possible and I think that Allie made clear in the book like I was never 
like with anybody other than Noah seriously because I think that that was a really important like implication of there has never been anybody else I've loved as strongly as you hmm. oh that is so beautiful and we need to just back up even farther let's talk a little bit about as we hop into notebook tell our audience a little bit about what this story is and then we'll get into talking about some of the differences between the book and the movie and then some typing so tell us first a little bit about the the story itself yeah so okay so the notebook is a story about starts by showing these two elderly people there's a lady who has i believe what is it dementia or alzheimer's Mm -hmm. yeah um so she's sick in um, a mental like hospital and her nursing home more likely but yes nursing home yeah um her husband who she doesn't again know is her husband keeps visiting her and as she's forgetting um their love story and who he is it's really hard for him but he keeps coming back to tell her um, their love story. So he reads her, you know, the notebook story, which is of actually them. It's Noah and Allie. So they go from um, between when they're older and when they're younger. They do like flashbacks in the book and the movie. So the story is really about Noah and Allie falling in love when they're teenagers, and then they're basically polar opposites in a lot of ways. And in some ways they're similar, but Noah is really relaxed and Allie has come from this home where she's got a lot of pressure she's very driven and she's got this like a schedule and Noah's just like I want to have fun yeah yeah and I think that that's beautiful that they are reading from the storybook that she wrote and said if you read this I'll come back to you I just love that I love that she prepared for I love that with my six wing that she prepared him And that is uh, a little bit of part of our dialogue about some of the type that we gave her. We worked so hard on different types with these people because they could be any number of types, but we're going to hone in on it in a few minutes. But before we get there, go ahead and, and this is your spoiler. I hope you've seen the notebook, if not run out and see it, but tell us a little bit more about what happens in the story. So after Noah and Allie fall in love, they sadly have to get separated because um, basically Allie's family sees that she is falling for Noah hard and they're like, we don't approve of him. He's not uh, basically the same class like level as us and you need somebody better as much as he's a sweet boy. So they have to leave and it's very tragic for them. So all these years later, Allie's moved on. Well, they're both still feeling connected to each other and missing each other, but they're kind of learning, okay, I have to move on. So Allie is with this new guy named Lon, and she gets engaged, and she's feeling really excited when all of a sudden she sees in the newspaper that Noah has rebuilt this beautiful home, which they had some special memories together in. He rebuilt it and like refurnished it, and it's so nice now. So she suddenly gets this urge to go back and just uh, see him again and see how he's doing. She just basically wants to reconnect a little bit and almost just kind of, as much as, you know, reconnect, just kind of close the door. Like, okay, we're going to say goodbye to each other for real before I get married. Yeah, and then when she sees him, she's shocked by the chemistry that's still there. And he's never moved on, although he does have a new girlfriend, Martha. He's been completely open with Martha about the fact that Allie is the love of his life. And Martha gets it because she lost her ex in the war. 
And this is this is probably circa 1940s. It's yeah, it's around World War II because they go off and fight sometimes. You know, I mean, she meets her, she met Lan because she was helping to nurse soldiers in the war. So, um, yeah, it's right around World War II, and it's just so special that they've both inevitably hung on to each other after all these years. Yes. So Noah has also gone to war. He was he volunteered and he was like, okay, I'm going to fight. Um, but he came back, he came back the same Noah, but he was definitely different. And I think that, you know, they talk about how in the book and in the movie, Allie could see that. Allie could see that he had changed um, and she still loved him. He was still the same sweet Noah, but there was just differences. Right, and I'm, I'm wondering if that was how it was in the book too, because we didn't know about PTSD at the time of the war, but we did by the time Nicholas Sparks wrote the book. So it sounds like he had some, if not more physical PTSD kind of trauma flashbacks, that at least he had a bit of trauma, if not PTSD. Yeah, I definitely think that a thing that had really kept Noah going in the war, especially after losing his best friend in the war, who him and Allie had been close to, it was really hard for him, and I think he really clung to knowing that Allie was out there in the world living a beautiful life. Yes, I forgot um, that. That, yeah. that was such a big reason of why she clung in his memory right. so dramatically. Right. And her family was also so passionately against, and sometimes, as we all know, these crazy moments in life when emotions are heightened can draw people together. There's a lot of research about attraction. I don't know if you knew that, but when heightened emotions are there because of a world tragedy, we can fall in love more easily. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You too. Bye. So it was really precious for us to, to really process that their love was everlasting and even went into old age, which, oh my gosh, reminded me so much of my mom and dad, didn't it? Yeah, they were so cute together, and um, if you've seen the movie, you know how their love really can do miracles, and it's just so, so sweet. Yes, and so it was really, like, hard for me to watch in that way of having had parents like that, just that really kind of lived and died for each other with that kind of passion. It's, it's pretty rare to have that kind of undying love, but I've had some couples in all of the different 45 pairings that I've talked to and worked with. I've had a few that are this dramatic together. So let's talk about, now that we've really kind of gone full circle with plot, we know this is more character driven. So let's talk about what types we think. We're gonna go over Noah, the main male protagonist, Allie, the main female protagonist. Noah is played by- Gosling? Yeah, Ryan Gosling. And then Allie is played by Rachel McAdams. And we're gonna talk about those characters and what types we think they are. And then also her mom, we're not gonna go over everybody, just her mom. And then one other person that we were gonna go over was- Lon, we were gonna go over Lon. Yeah and I think and maybe even his girlfriend Martha briefly yes. um, but let's talk about who do you think that Noah is in terms of Enneagram and it's okay to just talk about it if you don't know yet a six or mm. nine um, he's such a peaceful person and he's so chill and I think that Allie really values that she can be herself around him and not feel any pressure when she's around him she can just let go and feel his just peace so and he's also such a loyal person so that's where it gets tricky it is and we just got done talking about bruno being a nine and so i could really see that about the kind of doing something for love from behind the scenes but interestingly about nine and six something we didn't consider when we came up with those as possibilities for him is both of those types really do kind of best when they're social and with people. 
and fives actually do okay without somebody. So another possible throw in there is a five or a one. And if it's a one, a one with trauma, because um, I know he would not have qualified as a one in a lot of the ways when we saw him at the beginning with, you know, maybe ones are fun and bold, like Wes was like that as he was dating me in high school. But um, the audacity that he showed, counterphobic six maybe, maybe a nine, a confident body type, maybe a five in the eight zone. Gosh, we're just all over with him as you can see. I know, you make such good points there. I really didn't even think about five, but that's such a good point. I really agree with that. I think he definitely could be in all those types. It's 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 hard to know, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, it is, and he's just a character, but he is a really thoughtful, deep character, and I really do like him as a character, do you? Oh yeah, he's so sweet. He's such a romantic, especially yeah. just with Allie. He's like, literally she is his queen well, what about a sexual four we didn't think about that that's true he definitely could be a four he's um very emotional but i think that he doesn't let his emotions get the best of him like he doesn't yeah, get carried true. away with them he thinks about things quite um, stately logically <laughs> yes. yeah so as much as he is a romantic mm -hmm. i think that he does things physically like he was building this house tirelessly, you know, right. to get her off of his mind. They say he went a little bit mad, you know. <laughs> yes, that's true. And that does seem very possibly five um, because of being able to introvert to that level yeah. and to stay alone or nine and just do something with the body and, and kind of, of course, we see him drinking a lot in the movie. And then eventually, though, um, he does pair up with somebody. So we're back in our possible six realm, counterphobic six, that he did have a girlfriend, Martha, and she feels very two or nine to me. She's very loving and nurturing, and I don't know if she's in the book as well. I think that they probably, if I'm remembering correctly, briefly went over Martha. Um, they said that she was, you know, there for him when he was feeling lonely, and he just didn't really know how to handle his emotions. But... Um, that she was never anything like Allie, you know. Right, and you know, I've interviewed family members from the World War II era when I've uncovered family secrets, I've talked about on this podcast before, um, that I think that that era, there was just so much that we'll just never understand having not walked through it. Like, just the losses were so great and so deep and so many that I think that she, in the movie at least, Martha's just like, I, I don't even mind that you love somebody else because it gives me hope that I could find somebody else, like I believe she says, like Richard, her first love who died in the war is the presumption. So I think she's a beautiful character to just say, I'm here as a friend and a lover while we're figuring out this crazy dystopian world. This is just really hard. So let's do this together while we're waiting. And I'm not making a moral judgment about her because I think she has a really good heart and I don't think that's my place to make moral judgment about the ways that we comfort one another through trauma. I'm going to leave that to God. Right, yeah. She was, I felt so bad for Martha in the movie um, when Allie did come back to Noah and she just saw how, oh, like that girl had come back for him and I think she felt really happy for Noah because mm. she, she had been seeing his need for that so much. Um, and she wanted to meet Allie, which was so sweet, but I do think that there was a part of her that was a little bit heartbroken, like, yeah, okay, that was it, you know? Yeah, I think it was, like, some of my clients, when they hit this moment of just realizing, like, I'm not going to find it with this person, and I'm dating, and I, it, now I, things are different, 
it's this moment of I'm scared because this was a security blanket for me to a degree, even though I knew it wasn't gonna work. But it also is this exciting moment for them and I felt like her too of, okay, I'm awake. And I guess that goes with our nine a little bit here or a two stepping out of codependency of, okay, I'm here and I'm ready to stand in for myself and to look for love. And she's like, you just inspired me. So I think we've covered, <clears throat> I think we've covered them really well. Why don't we look at Ellie and her mama? Yeah, so, okay, we had possible, um, many possible theories for Ellie as well. <laughs> yes. um, we thought that she and Noah could be possibly nine nine, which would be very cute. Um, we know that Allie is sort of a people pleaser in that she just doesn't want to disappoint anybody. She's been raised to have a lot of pressure on her shoulders to um, be a really kind, good girl. And so she just doesn't want to disappoint anybody, but she's also like, I've got to follow my heart. So we considered nine, we considered type six. Before you move on to six, I know some people are just gasping about the nine, and I really want to hone in that some of the key lines about her deep personality are here and there's also some misconceptions people have as nines not being strong when they're actually very powerful when oh, they're awake yeah. as and you know from your sister nine wing eight but she yeah. could be a nine wing one yeah so if she saw so much of her strength yeah if she's a nine and then the other pieces were that people were saying to her um or noah says some key lines about you know what do you want i know what everyone oh, else yeah. wants but what do you want and a two goes for what they want so if somebody was thinking maybe she's a two twos usually know and go for it and they're active with it and she really denies feelings and she says i'm gonna do whatever my mom says and i'm gonna you know obviously we can all do people pleasing whoever we are but i think that she really showed up as a possible nine when she couldn't make a decision for her life when he says what do you want exactly i think that that's so true and i do think that she was probably a body type she definitely could have been a harder mind type also i mean it's so hard but um one of the things we saw about her being possibly a body type was that she was so um physical like when she would get <laughs> angry she would literally like him and she like you know not like abusively but she was just like really like getting all her instinctual that way. very instinctual types react faster much 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 faster yes um and yet she was such a like graceful person mm -hmm. so um mm -hmm. so yeah we we definitely thought about nine a lot and then mm -hmm. we went into six a bit as well mm -hmm. um as she's so loyal mm -hmm. um, to her family such a loyal person to her family and noah and she wants to be loyal to and traditions so exactly and traditions mm -hmm. so that was another one and then what else did we talk about did we talk about three or we four? went through just about everything with her i mean we've I of course definitely talked about four because you're a four and it's your absolute favorite movie and i know that a lot of fours love this movie and it's like obviously sometimes we love movies because we see a piece of ourselves in them and fours are very dramatic and very romantic and she's an artist remember that Noah's somebody once again kind of that nine or five pulled back observer where he's thoughtful and he noticed that she liked art and that was a very key feature of what Lon had missed um, so I think that you know whether she's the four artist or a six loyalist or a, a very powerful body type nine or an eight even um, those were our main guesses with her would you add any other types to that hmm, I would I think we basically went with those ones, mm -hmm. um, but we did say four because, as you said, uh, she is definitely an artist. She loves to paint. 
she loves to find the beauty and romance and things. But we, I think we also talked about one that she's just so detailed say that. Oh my as a gosh. person. Ones are, are very artistic and yeah, very, very much artistic. want to please their families and parents. Um, and, and so any really, any type, I think twos love the movie and they're like, hey, twos are also very traditional and want to please their parents. So, I mean, I, I gave some arguments for and against, but I think that we really see that at her heart, she wants to do the right thing. Um, and that she really is afraid of being bad like a one, but she's also afraid of, you know, losing her security and her family like a six. And um, I don't know that she's not feeling hurt. I know she's not allowing her feelings to be heard, but I don't know if that's her worry yet. She's so young. I don't know if she's like that classic nine who's like, I'm not being heard. It's almost like she's just afraid to even assert. Yes, yeah, you're right. And um, I think that that's just such a strong point in the movie and in the book is that it's this challenging balance between what is right and what their hearts are saying and if what their passions are like leading them to if that is the right thing so it's like should I do what my parents think is right or what Lon or Noah or whatever what do I want and that's that's really what Allie has to ask herself through this whole movie Yes, and well said, Hannah. And the mom, I really couldn't stand her when I first watched this movie as like a very young teen um, or maybe early 20s. But now that I'm a mom of a teenager, I have more compassion. And the movie gives her a lot more compassion later. Like we start the mom out with being a real jerk. She's really like a classic jerk. And I hate that she is, but that's just the role they want you to think of her mom in at the beginning because she's literally like Noah's trash. Like, So you're like, oh, wow, like she's so unhealthy and she's toxic and all these things. But then as you realize, like you said something really brilliant earlier today, that they have her as a mirror or a reflection. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I really think that the mom is such a key character. And I think that why they went into her more in the movie was really to show that the mom is a reflection of who Allie would be if she hadn't gone with Noah. We see that the mom um, brings Allie to this construction site, and she brings her there to make a point to Allie, but she ends up contradicting herself. Mm -hmm. She brings Allie there to show her, I used to love, I think it was in the construction site. Mm -hmm. She's like, I used to love this construction worker. We were so romantic together and so, so in love, but it didn't work out, so I married your father, and the reason it didn't work out is because he wasn't um, like the same class as me. He didn't have enough to provide for me. So she tells Allie, you see, I did the right thing, but she ends up saying, I don't know if I did the right thing. She's like, I still come here and watch him, and I still romanticize about him. Um, So Allie ends up seeing that her mom is really actually tender and understands where she's coming from. Mm -hmm. And that her mom was in an unhealthy state earlier, not a a jerk. And so they trick you, and they get you judging. And then they're like, actually, she was a complex woman. And as the personality type, at first she she's making some dogmatic statements, maybe a body type, but it's like she really does learn and grow and start to see the gray areas of life as her own life fills in and with her own disappointments about what her marriage became and how she had picked a marriage just for riches. And, you know, she's like, I have everything I could have ever wanted, but I think the one thing maybe missing for her was a deep love with the passionate love of her life and she's like okay I'm gonna show you the fact that you thought that um 
you know, you thought Noah forgot you because that was one of the key f things that, that Allie's like, this is maybe why Noah wasn't still in love with me and why I did move on with Lon was he never wrote and he said he would, but the mom had hidden all the letters and now she gives them all back. And she's like, he did write you every single day for an entire year. Yes, and the mom reveals, she's like, at the end of their like talk, after she shows her the construction site and shares about her story, she says, do what your heart, <clears throat> she says, do what your heart is telling you to do. Like ultimately, like, and I think that was kind of saying, I give you permission, I don't want you to end up like me. Mm -hmm. So she didn't openly say that, but I think it was implied. And I think that Allie felt reassurance in her decision that, okay, I am able to do this and my family won't be extremely angry with me. Yeah, and I think we're back to six with that. <laughs> I know, we just keep going full circle. One. Yeah, we don't know, back with her. So we won't get too distracted. Mom body type probably. Um, and then, and maybe some three vibes at first, you know, like I have to show that we're perfect with society and I can be yeah. at the top of my game and we all need to have this three presentation, maybe even a one. Absolutely, I could see the mom also being a social one. Um, you know, this is the way you raise Southern girls and, and we're going to do it right. And we're going to be the belle of the ball. And, and then, you know, just any of us who are learning and growing with time, I think the mom did learn. So that's beautiful. And then lastly, Lon, uh, who is not the love of her life. I think that they do a good job in the movie. You said not quite as good in the book, but that they do a good job in the movie of showing that he is going to make somebody a great husband, but he's not able to pick up on some of her deeper dreams or support her deeper dreams. Do you agree? Yes, yes, I definitely agree. I think that in the book they do a good job of making him to be a good person. And he's kind of that like stereotypical, like Southern rich, like lawyer person who's really a good guy. And the reason he has some um, like traits that you might think, oh, he's not a good guy is just because of maybe the culture that he's come from, you know, he's raised to be like that mm -hmm. but so I think that the book kind of goes into that but I I personally like him more in the movie um just because they get a little bit more into how much of a challenge it is for her to pick because mm -hmm. he's such a good guy yeah and I bet some of our listeners have had to do that too in their lifetime I know that the one who made this is us had a great article saying you know all of us have one who got away and so there is a wonderment of when she went with Noah and Miss Lon, we always just are so glad she got with Noah, but we forget that like sometimes she might be like, oh my gosh, Lon was a good guy. <laughs> I missed him and I, I would have been at all these events and instead I'm home drinking with my five and, <laughs> and I think that there's just all these things that we can do back and forth and look at grass is greener. But what's neat is that we do get the pulled back later years view and we don't have a sense of them having uh, a real crisis about it. We do have a sense of them, however, um, fighting like crazy. One of the most famous lines of the whole thing is that they fought like crazy. He says 95% of the time you get on my nerves. You're a jerk. I mean, he's like, but I can't stand you. You're a pain in the A. But then he's like, but I love you. And that's a really comforting line, I think, to show that even though there were going to be maybe moments where they made some regretful decisions like, man, you're getting on my nerves. Why did I fight for you? It's like, I think that we get to see that that's real and that's still deep, true love when you even have that sometimes. Right. That scene is just, uh, 
so good. But I know, um, that's our favorite scene, mine at least, so in the rain. Precious. Oh it's so gosh. good. But um, you have to watch if you haven't seen it in a while. Seriously, you definitely need to watch it or read the book. They're both so good. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that um, as you were saying, um, Noah is really all about Allie. What do you want? And I think that Lon tries to do that too, but he's so focused on his work and providing for her. He doesn't have much time to spend with her and she kind of finds that hard but mm -hmm. in the book they really say noah saw lon as a good guy and he understood why Allie liked him he was a gentleman and he really was kind to her and in the book and in the movie he was very gracious when Allie had to let him go and told him how she was really feeling like of course he was upset and i mean can you imagine like you might have even had this experience you've been in love with somebody for years and everything seemed great mm -hmm. and then this huge life change happens and you realize it can't work out anymore that takes incredible strength mm. and i think we have to give lon more credit mm -hmm. that he was such a gentleman and gracious to say if this is what you want then i'm happy for you oh my gosh what a sweetie i wonder what type he was to be able to do that that's really hard um i think that this isn't i don't think he's a seven I don't, but I think that that is something that anyone who's more mature, like in my more mature pulled back, not as aggressive, I think I would do that, but I think I would first have a major temper tantrum. Um, I don't know what type would be able to say that with as much, maybe five, but I don't think he's a five. I'm just trying to think of like what in the world, what temperament could be so chill and gracious about like letting somebody go because ultimately I think we all would want to land there, right? Like you don't want me, I'm not going to force myself upon you. But what temperament do you think would be able to do that with ease? Um, there's some I don't want to say. I don't think this one could, but... Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Uh, nine? Nobody wants know. to be settled for. And I think yeah. he knew that. He was like, I am not going to hold on to you if you are just going to settle for me. Mm -hmm. So I think that he really knew himself in that. Mm -hmm. So whatever he was, I think he was a very awake type. Maybe he was an eight because eights are so direct and like they want to be loved and wanted and they're very intelligent and strong and can make money a lot of the times and be good leaders but Lon and most eights could have whoever they wanted if they were going after them so I think it's like hey I know I'm a great catch if you don't like me let's not have any more nonsense yeah that's such a good theory I really like that idea of him as an eight Mm. And I think that that's why it was probably such a hard decision for Allie is because, yes, she was debating what's the right thing, what's going to make my family and parents and, you know, everybody happy. But I think that it was also, she really did love Lon and she loved him in a different way than Noah. It wasn't as passionate and, you know, dramatic and they didn't have all these fights they had to always work out. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, it was love and they did love each other and mm -hmm. he was a good guy so mm -hmm. i think that was like when she was making her choice she's like i have security promised to me with lon i have a good marriage that would be result in a you know happy good life most likely if i go with lon but will it ever satisfy you know mm -hmm. or will i always be like reminiscing and going back to that longing of there was this romance that i never had mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, 
And I, I think the good news is, in back to full circle to Lin-Manuel Miranda, I don't think we have one of those cases of, I will never be satisfied. <laughs> I yeah. think that she was satisfied. No, she got satisfied in the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. She was with Noah, and I don't think that she regretted that choice at all. I think they were, like, literally so happy with each other, and she was so glad she made that choice. Me too. But I think as she was making the choice, it was definitely tough. Mm-hmm. It was a really hard decision. Yeah. And she didn't know how the war had affected Noah. She mm-hmm. didn't really know how he changed, but she was willing to work it out with him, and he was willing to work it out with her. Yeah, and they were willing to say, we get on each other's nerves like crazy, but we really deeply love each other. And I think that's what healthy, long-term marriage looks like. And um, and I love that this is a realistic movie for that. It really is, mm-hmm. and that might be why you love it. It is, yeah, I love it. Um, again, I haven't had a relationship of my own, but I still love, like, that beautiful story, and I I love getting all the, like, cute romantic feels. It's just, it's a happy and sad movie all at once. Yes, and you said the book has a little bit of scenes that you skipped through because it was a little more intense. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm, like, at a young age, I didn't feel like reading all of those really, um, you know, intimate scenes between her and Noah, and that's just my opinion, but um, mm-hmm. I, you know, still enjoyed other parts of the book and I thought it was a really good sweet read oh my gosh I'm so glad and I love that we can talk like we're not part of that purity culture where I'm like you can't see a book before you are older but I love also that you have that part of you that's like okay this is getting really intimate and I'm just gonna skip a few pages and I did not even talk with her about that I totally forgot in my seven absent-mindedness and I was like oh I bought you this for what did I buy it for you for Christmas I I think think it was for Christmas yeah I just like skipped over the parts I was like I just I don't feel comfortable reading it she's like mom there was a few I'm like oh my gosh but like I love that like I'm not trying to hide romance from you but I also love that we can save some of that for um for real life (laughs) and so so I'm really glad to just recommend guys the book and the movie right both of them are just great yes they were so good I I have to say I probably like the movie more I I'm definitely a visual learner I love that's true I I love books so much but sometimes like the movie is better in my opinion just because I like to see it happen (laughs) yes you do I love that about you Hannah and I had so much fun maybe we'll come back someday and talk about one of your other favorite movies because I know you have a few great movies that you just adore watching again and again and again oh yes I do I have my like classics and my family gets so mad at me because I like will watch them like I could watch them every single day wonder you could watch all the time oh yes oh yes yes but I love that one too and I do notice you watching sleepless in Seattle which I love that movie yes who doesn't like Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks together literally cutest couple oh my gosh yes you've got mail so anyway you know also but anyway we had so much fun just in our coffee shop chat and I hope you guys had fun with us we were just all hanging here I hope you had your coffee or tea going and um, I hope you will continue to hang out with us thank you yeah thanks for listening it was so much fun thanks Hannah hey thank you guys so much for listening those who made it through to the end oh my gosh you are troopers give yourself a big pat on the back you get a romantic badge you get a badge for family legacy and for carrying out these awesome deeds whether you're married unmarried not doesn't matter have a wonderful time enjoy the loves in your life enjoy your people enjoy serving in society 
If you love this show, make sure you leave us a review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it. Thank you so much. And of course, get yourself here too. We will talk to you soon. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.